Welcome to episode 673 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right now, team, welcome along to episode one six hundred and seventy-three with Coach oh, Volume Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James. Oh, how you going, mate? God, you almost need to start that one again. I'm pretty good, thanks. Pretty, pretty sharp, I am. I tell you, I'm losing my voice. Oh God, I'm screaming too much. Yeah, it's down for my job. John's got a new iPhone. I have. I've gone crazy. <laughs> He's got a new iPhone. But the tight ass. <laughs> the success. How many models ago is that? I had to scavenge around. We well, got the success. You got seven, it's a new. eight. Yeah, six, uh, so. Six, so you got seven, eight, wasn't a nine. So now there was an X, and now there's an. So I'm, I'm, only, X. I'm only about five models behind. <laughs> Didn't want to get it really, but I had to. What was wrong with the other one? Do you, you have the original iPhone? Eight of five. Yep. And that, that had lasted a long time. Did you notice the difference? Yeah, a little bit. Yep. A little bit. Not hugely. Oh, you're, you're a high tech guy, John. That's what you I are. I talk was proudly brought to you by. Extreme Endurance Your Buffer And our patrons And his name is Hugh Jumbo Mike the Swizzle Pizzle We've got Mandy T. Mac Tower And Neil the Ninja Stafford In this week's show we've got some news We've got a Hot Topic of the Week We've got an Age Group of the Week We've got Pro of the Week John, I have to admit this wasn't your strongest topic <laughs> Well, I had some things that happened in Kona Random things that I wanted to share And I thought, how am I going to bring them in? We'll bring them into a high five on just random tips for Kona if you're going over there anytime soon. I'm going to do How about I also add a little high five on a totally different subject as well? Um, Winger got, of the week. We've got some interviews at the end. There's plenty in here. Questions at the end. And we've got some interviews at the end. We're going to chuck some epic camp, in, camp interviews in at the end of the show as well. So, John, I woke up on Monday morning. I was doing some coaching. Young Sam Walls. What's his nickname? Is it the Beast? It might be the Beast, Sam the Beast. Um, he comes up to me and he goes, oh, did you see the race? Wild one, I think it's wild one. Yeah, it is wild one. Yeah, sorry. Because he was out partying, wasn't he, when he was doing yeah. that? Yeah, that's right. He comes up to me, did you see the race, Bev? And I was like, oh, I forgot all about it. So Ironman Germany happened over the weekend, but it sounds like I missed out on some pretty exciting racing. It was toasty as the forecast uh, expected or you know, predicted, uh, 39 degrees or 39 to 40. You know, it was progressively heating up during the day and that had... Some pretty big implications on the race, um, more particularly on the female side and, and overall on the times for both age groupers and pros alike. But yeah, the, on, for the female side of the race, it kind of, based on the seedings, it was kind of Sarah True's race, I guess, to lose. She was by far the strongest athlete on paper. Yep. And coming off the bike, uh, she got herself into a nice position and, uh, and she ran away from everybody, sitting pretty. Seven minute lead, and then the wobbly jobbly legs come in. And so, how far into the race did that happen? Well, I only watched the the real bad part, which was the last uh, couple of k's. So, and did she, when when did she lose the lead? Did she lost the lead. No, no, then? she KO'd, man. She oh, was really? gone ski. So, if, if people haven't watched it, you've probably seen a few of those incidents, like the the Julie Moss, yep. like the Wendy Ingram, the ones there was a marathon runner and the the Paul and Yubi Fraser. Yep, you've yep. seen them, and when their legs completely go and just can't stand up Sarah True that it was probably happening about maybe 2k's out from the finish and she got to about 1k out and uh, and then yeah she, she kind of somebody tried to help her a little bit and that was kind of the, the end and when she, then she completely KO'd sat down and it was race over but the K prior to that she was swerving all over the place she, but to her credit she 
got herself going really, really well again and would go for a few hundred metres and then she'd just get the wobbles on and it was scary as crap watching her. You, ru- you run over this bridge to get over the river and you know that it's not like a little bridge we have in New Zealand. It's a, it's a you know, reasonable yeah. climb and, and when you're going down the other side, it's a pretty decent incline. You're just watching her going, she is going to slam straight down on her face any second now. And so she managed to get down that bridge. But I think one of the things you could tell, she was so KO'd, she was going past aid stations not taking anything in it was 40 degrees and you're not taking anything in and she had no memory of it whatsoever the last few k's 1k to go you'd think oh i can make a k we were doing some 1k reps last night and i said if you were KO'd here do you reckon you could get around there and it's like there's no way she was going to make it to the finish it was like so, remember the commonwealth games in that marathon mm, and that mm. guy who was kind of winning and, and he was like a k from the finish as well wasn't he yeah so she had six or seven minutes at that stage and uh oh wait so she's still ahead by six seven minutes it, yeah yeah when she, when she, okay from the finish yeah 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 oh yeah. my god I, th- I, yeah. I thought you meant that she had already been passed no 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 she was KO'd and then she was off into the medic tent and then it was game over rover so that uh changed the face of the race we've got a question here from robert Boom Boom Beeling. He's just got, Sarah was clearly out of this world with about five cases from her finish. Her victory might have been secured if only someone had approached her from the organisation team. Well, that's, I guess you could do that, but that's, you're probably getting splits and stuff. I'm sure at Kona they give people splits. I'm sure she was getting splits. When you get to that point, you're KO'd. And you, it's, people can say anything to you and you ain't yeah. responding. She was gone ski. Wow. Uh, so it's major, a big what if, isn't it? Yeah, and major implications of her. She hasn't got a Kona slot. She DNF'd in Cairns. Uh, she DNF'd here. Uh, and she's, you know, a potential Kona contender who does not have a slot. What's, what's the cost of this, you know, okay, because now when we look at her Kona, she's got, what, what is it, we've got three months? Mm-hmm. What's the cost of this race on her? Well, then she's just got to make the decision whether she's going to go to Kona, I saw. Yeah, but I mean more the effect of going to that place. Because uh, it's not like fast running, you know. Well, she, she, didn't, she didn't interview after the race, so I think she... she Must managed, have got IV, she was probably fine. Yeah, it's probably the mental scars more than anything. But um, she still did an Ironman, really. Yeah, oh, totally. And, and didn't an Ironman good enough to win. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So no, I think, yeah, she probably can't really turn around the next couple of weeks, which she could try, and she's good enough to do it. So, yeah, I don't know what it's going to mean. She may, she, she's in, indicated, who knows, this was straight after the race, maybe don't go to Kona and you know, focus 100% on getting a, you know, a technically an easier slot around Kona. Is that time. what she said? Well, no, she, she said maybe Kona's oh. not on the cards this year. Uh, so anyway, so I know we've talked a lot about Sierra True and we should be giving a lot of love to Sky Meach um, from the USA who took the race out. Pretty sure it might have been her, f- uh, it was definitely her first win uh, and won a championship race. Awesome. Uh, she went a 57 minute swim. It was a non wetsuit swim. Rode 4.58 and then ran a 3.15 for a 9.15.31 for a nine minute victory over Imogene Simons. She had a nice lead on the bike at one stage, um, but they did manage to claw that back on her. Uh, so she came home in uh, 9.26 and then Jen Arndt came home in 9.36. He only had, so all the females got prize money, only seven finishes. The other big favourite was Daniela. Blaine Mayer from Germany and I didn't see what happened to her she came off the bike in contention um, but clearly didn't uh, last it out on the run one thing I'm curious about is why don't we get a stronger female field and a deeper female field at this race so we only had seven female finishes it would have paid 10 deep eight deep uh, what is it the men paid 10 deep yes yeah, so it would have paid, paid 10, 10 deep, deep. Mm. Uh, we only had 11 pro females race it's just so much racing on at the moment no, no but this is a big paying race it is, you know, it's it's more more slots, big mm. paying. Uh, I guess uh, so you look at the men's. You got forty men racing, but I, I suppose uh, 
a lot of them have probably already qualified. When you look at the, the list of athletes that have qualified for Kona already, uh, it's pretty long and there's not that many slots left. So are you better off doing an Ironman here or are you better off doing 70.3s and doing an earlier Ironman? I certainly, if, if I was a pro female, I would be trying to get my slot ticked off and be doing more halves around this time of the year than, than fulls. That being said, it, it, it is good prize money. It is a very prestigious race. It's just um, weird. It's just, yeah. you know, because uh, you, you, I get your argument, but you say you look at the men's field, we've got plenty of top guys here, mm. and I mean, some of them who haven't qualified, you know, like, it's just interesting we have a total kind of seesaw of what's happening in this race. In the men's, mm. packed field, strong field, lots of athletes, and the female... Sarah, Sarah was by far the best athlete there. It is a packed field, but it's a very top-heavy field, you know, and a very different field we'll see in Rote this weekend. Yeah. You know, you look at the front two, and granted they're two of the, probably the two best in the world, they're 17 minutes in front of third. Well, and you also had the world champion there. Mm. So um, what I would say, that we, these championship races are good, uh, but the only way they're going to become amazing is if they double or triple the prize money and then everybody will turn and up and still pay like 10 deep mm. and when 10th got like 10 grand yeah yeah. so get Kona money well not they probably won't ever get Kona money but yeah I think if you double the money then it starts to become a bit more attractive do you so. think in Germany but they could if you think you know we know how big the sport is in Germany we know how popular it is to the general public do you think if they got sponsorship money they could pull off bigger money well I guarantee you they're spending a lot of money getting Keenlay and Fredino and, uh, and and if I was a race promoter what would you rather do would you rather get 15 to 20 good guys or would you rather get the three biggest names in the sport uh, from your country to race and I certainly know which uh, way I'd go and, and I guess that's what they're focusing on so to the men's race uh, yeah, as I said non-wetsuit swim um, Dylan McNeese and Jan Fredino or Dylan McNeese was on Jan Fredino's feet out of the swim uh, Jan Fredino then went on a solo TT mission on the bike and man he looks awesome on the bike I love the way that he rides I think it's sometimes the taller athletes just look awesome on the bike There's what about it why is it awesome it just looks smooth and every, there's nothing moving except his legs and there's, guy, there's a guy Schomburg who does uh, ITU stuff and sometimes goes on the breakaway and he's a German tall German as well and he looks equally awesome so I think part of it is to do with the size and just their, their anatomy and the way that it looks but he just looks so so smooth and you compare that to Keenlay who is you know a little bit quicker on the bike and uh, is just awesome but he's moving around a bit uh, and just not quite as still and, and, he's, and he's obviously a much smaller guy as well so Fredino was looking awesome on the bike um, Keenlay was just the gap was just staying the same Keenlay had a good swim for him but the gap was just staying the same staying the same staying the same and then he just slowly clawed his way up and caught Fredino with uh a handful of k's to go so they come off the bike together they come off the bike together and the, the commentators that were doing a good job uh, were saying that Keenlay had requested a medical assistance um, in the, the tent he had something in his foot and you're thinking ah oh, it's going to be a little bit of a splinter or something like yeah. that and a lot of you guys will have seen the coverage but when uh, he got in there and the medic took a piece of glass out of his foot it was a decent sized piece of glass do we got, know how that happened I would have just been coming out of the swim and running to, to transition somewhere. So we brewed the whole bike for a big piece oh, of absolutely. glass. Oh, absolutely. Oh, sensational effort. Yeah, no, amazing. So That's gritty, isn't it? That was that was awesome. Um, and you kind of think... Think, think of what it was like when you got a blister. 
You know how, how annoying a blister is. A big chunky bit of glass. And that's, you know, you're dealing with a lot of mental stuff going on on that bike ride. You've got glass, you're trying to bridge this bloody gap to Fredino. It's extremely hot, uh, and it's just solo TTing. And that was the cool thing about this race, and that was what I was looking forward to, was it was it really was Fredino versus Keenlay versus uh, Langer ended up not being in the picture, but it was, they were all by themselves, it was like a, proper TT and these two came off the bike and you're kind of thinking well Frodo's going to run away yeah and and he did and then to his credit Keenlay ran up to him so he had a gap and then Keenlay ran up to him Uh, didn't watch much of the footage then uh, so I don't know how long they sort of ran together Uh, so Fredina had to fight for it Uh, only ran a 2.45 um, which in those conditions is noteworthy uh Keenlay ran 249 and it was ended up being about a four minute gap but Keenlay ran up to him you know ran up to the best or best equal runner in the sport, a long horse sport, and uh, no, he's not the best. Ling is the best runner. Well, we haven't seen the go head to head. I would love to yeah, see. Yeah, but he's the, still Ling is the best. Ling has got the record in Kona. Yeah, and he's he's got the record. He's only got. He hasn't got the record anywhere else. He's got the record in Kona. He's the best runner in the sport right now. Frodo potentially is, Frodo's but he hasn't gonna, done it yet. Frodo's going to smoke him. Well, well, I'm not saying that's the case, <laughs> but if we're saying who's the best runner in triathlon right now, long course. Langer's the proven Langer has the record in Kona. If you look at Frodo's time in road, way, way quicker. Yeah, but but No, you're not winning. Kona's the guy. <laughs> you're a stubborn you're <laughs> He has the best got the fastest time in Kona. But you've never seen Fredine. And, and I agree. That's a record's a record. I just want to see someone run with Frodo and push him to oh, his t- limit. Totally. And, and I agree. I think he has potentially to be, but if we look at proven results. Is the best. So anyway, uh, moving on, knowing that I'm right, uh, Fr- <laughs> Franz Lotsky put in a noteworthy performance. I feel there sorry for Belinda. And third, an eight seventeen, but you know it was very much uh, you know twenty minute gaps. Well, coming don't, yeah, well, not quite. Don't huge gaps. Uh, so then Franz Lotsky was third, um, and then the Kona qualifiers because the first two had it went to Franz Lost, Tobias Drachler, Philip Courtney, and Matt Russell. Good on Matt Russell getting in there and breaking the German got, I domination. He got it a couple of weeks ago, when he did, wasn't it Boulder? Didn't he win Boulder? No, no, he did not. So no, okay. I don't. He, he may have done, but anyway, okay. it says Tor- Torsten's right. Yeah, no, he will be. And Sky mentioned Imogel, Simon, Imogene Simon's got the, the female slots. A couple of other things that came up for the race for me was um, coming off the bike, they had, uh, where is where is my notes here, Bevan? Um, yeah, well, I've got a woman in. Okay. Um, it was there's a guy. Anthony, I'm pretty sure it was Anthony Costas, who's a French dude, and he he seems like a bit of a an innovator because he was the first one that we saw with those funky uh, aero bars that kind of fold up to to being sort of regular handlebars and then go out to being aero bars. And then I noticed when he was coming off the bike, uh, he was putting on put on an ice vest. And uh, is that a good strategy? Well, a bit of weight. Yeah. This and this is, comes into our discussion of the week later on. Is I was thinking, yeah, that's a bit of weight. But is it how much yeah. it's a cost benefit. Now, as it turned out, he DNF'd, uh, so it probably didn't, yeah. didn't work for him. <laughs> but I was thinking, hmm, is that a good idea or not? How much is that thing going to weigh? Maybe a couple, ca- of couple of kgs? Yeah, especially if it's full. Uh, how much time is that going to cost you versus if you detonate on the run, you're losing 15 to 30 minutes. Is that going to cost you how much? Maybe it'll cost you three minutes on the run? Is yep. it worth it? I don't know. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. He also had a, a nice headband. Clearly didn't help him, or he chose not to carry on with the race. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was you got, good. You've got to give a couple of comments. Um, you've got uh, Wilkinson wearing... Oh, yeah, I've got to give credit to Amelia Watkinson. I think it might have been her first Ironman. She was... 
either leading or in second place um, on the bike and then later on I saw some footage of her and she looked KO'd man she, I, I don't know if she was or she wasn't but she did not look good on the bike she was like swerving all over the place oh, wow. so I was thinking uh, pff, you're all over so to her credit she stuck with it and uh, and finished got a, got a paycheck um, but I would say why the hell do athletes wear closed helmets in terms of no venting and stuff I don't know if it looked to me like her helmet had next to no vents I'm thinking what are you thinking when it's 40 degrees so have you ever ridden with a covered helmet in that kind of temperature no because I wouldn't um, I mean I, no I haven't even you're basically cooking yourself aren't you yeah you've got to get fluid going uh, through you know cold water going through your head plus the ventilation so she's, man, she's not the only one when Alexander won Kona the third time when he had that stellar race, mm. and he wore just an old school helmet, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he was like, oh, I want to keep, I want to keep cool. So she, uh, she tracked on, finished fourth place. Well Frodo's bike mishap. Oh, again, a lot of you will have seen this clip. If you haven't, uh, it'll be on the Ironman uh, Facebook page in terms of uh, a little video side clip. He just wrote, he missed this corner going onto a, an off ramp and did a full on proper ride through long grass and kept oh, it really? up. And as they were, for those who haven't seen it, as they were about to, he was about to go around this corner, the, the motorbike behind him was showing the speed. He was going, I think it was 78 kilometres an hour. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what I saw. He was, was looked it like he was going fast. Downhill. And then he misses this corner, has to jump over this little um, traffic island and then just canes it through this grass. And it's proper knee high grass. <laughs> He <laughs> keeps pedalling and manages to get back on the road. And that's not the first time that he's done that because he crashed, uh, went off the road and wrote as well uh, when he set the record there. There's a technical part of downhill and uh, wrote and there's one particular corner, hairpin corner, and he just didn't even didn't even almost attempt to make it and just rode straight on onto this uh, little dirt road. Wow. So it's not the first time, but good on for bloody staying on the road. There's a common theme that happened over this weekend's racing because in Ironman France, we also, it was bloody hot, so hot they were forced to actually change, reduce and reduce the course. So it was a full swim, roughly about 153 on the bike and then a 31k run. So I'm not sure, quite sure of the exact temperature, but and, and this wasn't an Ironman decision by the look of it, and this is classic French stuff, is the, the local authorities said, it's stupid, it's stupid to be doing that. And you kind of go, yeah, it is. So do you know how hot it was? Uh, I don't know how hot it is, but the, the thing with the Nice course, unless it was changed at all, that run, you're in the sun 100%. Okay. Uh, whereas in, in, in Germany, that sounds like they changed the course a bit more, so you'd have more time in the shade, which is a sensible move. And one other comment on Germany, which we didn't talk about, was the bike ride was 185 k's, because mm. they had to change the course for some reason. And they've had that for, I think they did that last year, they've had, they've had that before as well. Yeah. So yeah, I'm in France got shortened. And, on the uh, boys' side, it's good to see James Kananma back up up top it is the times don't really mean much here probably the one noteworthy thing uh, at this race was the complete detonation of Frederick Van Laird who looked like he had a monstrous lead off the bike he, oh really he, he rode a 408 compared to everybody else uh, next best guy was 414 and then 416 so he would have had an eight minute lead on James Kanema and you know you've only only got to run 31 k's but he must have detonated somewhere along the way because he ran a 2.23, still got third, so well done, but uh, he ran 2.23 to James Kahneman's 2.04. So James Kahneman, Kevin Runstadler from France in second, Freddie Van Laird in third. Uh, on the female side, great to see Carrie Lester coming in and taking the win by four minutes over Tina Dickers, so Carrie will have got her Kona slot. Uh, don't know about Freddie Van Leer, has he still got his... Has he, he still, uh, yeah, didn't he win a race recently? 
I can't remember if he's if he if he's still got his automatic slot from when he won or it's not. Five whether, years. So when did he win? He won in 2012, didn't he? No, nah, Pete Jacobs was 212. Okay, I thought he maybe won the year that I was there, 2014. Let's have a look. But I could be wrong there. So France, tricky conditions. Hopefully it cools down a little bit by the time uh, the 70.3 World Champs roll around. There's a couple of other 70.3s on the weekend. Um, Heather Jackson beat out... Um, uh, 2013. 2013. So he got third in 2012. So went back the next year, and then from there, like he's had a, an okay career, but from there, because mm. there was a period there because he won that Abu Dhabi race. Yep. He was a big hitter for you know mm. he, he was always a, this guy who were kind of like came out of nowhere, not out of nowhere, but I think he was on the podium for three years, two to three years before he won. Yeah. So he made that sort of step that you often have to make, get on the podium before you can win it. Okay, but looking at his has, results. Okay, so but then he hasn't in, been uh, up there again since. Okay, two thousand and seven, he got first at the ITU European Championships. He won, got second in nine menus in two thousand eight, second in France in two thousand ten. He won Ironman South Africa seventy point three in two thousand eleven, and then won Abu Dhabi. Now, for those who don't know, that was a big race. It was big money. Mm. Pretty much all the top guys turned up, mm-hmm. and so for him to win that, that was a little bit of out of nowhere. Then he won France third in Melbourne, and that was also a big race. Yep. Um, I'm in France again in 2012. Yes, no, he didn't have any podiums. He got third in the World Championship in 2012, and then first in 13. Yeah. And then since then, he won South Africa, Mexico, France, France. Yeah. He's yeah. still pretty awesome career, but hasn't gone back to those lofty heights in Kona. Yeah. So 70.3 in Coeur d'Alene. Heather Jackson beat out Marinda Carfrey and Tim oh. Reid beat out Sam Appleton. Uh, good old Andrew Starkowitz was uh, back winning at the Steelhead 70.3, beating out Joe Gambles. Jackie Herring beat out uh, Meredith Kessler. And then finally, there was one other race that I saw uh, Pete Jacobs back on the podium. Challenge uh, career. Yeah. He uh, challenged career. He got beaten by Stephen McKenna and Roman Guillaume. Um, good to see him back racing and back finishing. And I Saw a little line there that he said he's going to try to make Kona 2020. So if he does, bloody credit to him. He's uh, he's had a rocky road. You know, talk about Free Van Leer. He's still been winning races. But Pete uh, Pete Jacobs, since he won Kona. It was just uh, like disappearing acts, wasn't it? It was, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great guy and uh, just had health problems and all sorts going on. So hopefully we can see him back for a, uh, I don't know, a bit of a victory lap or something like that. Yeah, okay. So one of the big pieces of news is that the Women for Try announces that 20 races will provide a total of 500 additional women the opportunity to compete at the 2020 Ironman 70.3 World Championships in Taupo, New Zealand. All proceeds from the registration's revenue of the 500 additional slots will go towards supporting Women for Try's Tri Club grant program. So that's actually pretty cool. It's good. It's good, good that the money is going yeah. uh, directly to, to females. One thing I'd say now is... I don't know why they just don't do uh, equal slot allocation when for males and females at races, and because now you've got a two-day format, there's not really any limit on no. numbers of participants. And so when you see a race and say there's 50 slots there, then you're going to get one per age group, uh, both male and female. And then it's done on a pro rata basis. But but now you've got two days. I don't know why they just don't say, and it kind of probably will work out now that it is sort yeah, of maybe like for like. But. Uh, I don't know why they just don't say every race there's, I don't know, yeah. 70 slots and there's um, whatever, three per age group on either side or something like that. I'm not sure, but yeah, just might as well make it a bit easier f- to get uh, more females racing. Why, why wouldn't that work if I mean Devil's Advocate? Um, I don't know. Like, 
numbers on the field and the body. Yeah, I mean, then the, the old argument is, well, I'm in the male 40 to 44, I've got 250 people in my age group and there's only two slots, and then you female 40 to 44, you've got 20 people in your slots, 20 people in your age group and you've got two slots. Your argument there is it's not really fair, um, which, you know, you can see both sides of the story there, but it's just hard for females to qualify when there's often only one or two slots in their age group and you yeah. get some rock star turning up and you're kind of screwed, whereas if you're in the male 40 to 45 or something like that, there might be six or seven slots, and if there's a couple of rock stars that turn up, at least there's still uh, some other slots that will you know, be there for you. And when it says they have the opportunity to compete, how does it? Does this mean there's going to be more slots at races? At particular races. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So good times. Um, we got an email through from who sent this through to me, John? It was it's uh, a big email. Jeff Far. Yeah. and he's basically just said, uh, "Sorry for the delayed info, but let you know a little bit more about the American Triple T. This is John's dream race. So he actually did a really good job of giving us a wrap up of the whole race. So do you want to go point for point? Yep. So it's a new location this year outside Cambridge, Ohio. Probably more challenging than the old location. The extreme try consists of four races over three days. Friday is the super sprint. Saturday, uh, oh, so Friday PM. 5 p.m. Super Sprint, Saturday 7.30 in the morning in Olympic 1, Seven, uh, Saturday at 3 p.m. Olympic number 2. Oh, that's a good day at the office, isn't it? Yeah. That's a really good day at the office. And then Sunday at 7 a.m., a half distance triathlon. They also offer a ST, a sprint try, which is the same super sprint and then two sprints in an Olympic. So basically you're doing a half Ironman roughly over the weekend instead of doing a full. Um, there is... Four races, but the weekend awards are based on the cumulative timing, so it's basically a big stage race. Everyone wears the same American Triple T jersey oh, included cool. with your race entry. I've seen these before. Sometimes I thought, uh, they don't look like they're that snug, but I saw a picture of uh, Matt Russell, and uh, they look really nice this year. Okay, there are 60 cabins in a large hotel-style lodge, so the majority of the participants stay on site within walking distance of the bike and the run transition. By far one of the coolest events I've ever done. If you register in the last tier, it only costs you 350 US for the whole weekend. That's pretty good pricing, isn't it? It's fantastic. Okay, so and it's given, given a rundown in terms of the the elevation. Um, you're seeing day two on the Olympic uh, on the bike. You've got 28.50 feet of climbing. That's pretty decent for a for a short course race. Same in the afternoon. And then pretty much double that on, uh, not quite double that on Sunday. We've got 4,400 feet of climbing in the half Ironman and climbing on the run as well. So it's uh, good, challenging stuff. He's just got some comments here. The overall top five female results are down below. But as expected, Matt Russell had the event in the bag by the end of day two, but came up with a pretty nasty cold and elected to withdraw from the race before the final day. Showing his great character, he still came down and cheered us all on to the start and the finish of the race. So taking out the win was Malaki Henry. He did 9 hours 48. That's pretty decent for a bloody, um, if, it, if it does work out being a, a full. Um, Tom Corrigan uh, was about 11 minutes back, and Jeff Vegfar was in third place in 10.04. Oh, what uh, Females, Amanda Mercer was first in 11.35. Dojo Domination just over Colleen LaFrance and Morgan Klein in third in 11.59. Now this is a race you've always talked about. Eh? You'd love to do this, wouldn't you? I'd like to do that. And I just love the format of, yeah. of, go, of doing, you know, the, the, the idea of doing these sort of deckers and going for days on end doesn't appeal to me, but going hard for a few days uh, would be You'd awesome. be pretty sore after that weekend, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Especially would, two Olympics in one day. If, yeah. if, like, if you're racing. 
the good thing is that I think probably helps that whilst the courses are really hard and up and down, uh, at least on the bike, it gives you those micro recoveries. So it's probably slightly easy, slightly easier, I think, not that I've done it, than just going out and doing flat TTs. Um, but I love the format and would love to do it. The thing you got... Um, and maybe the venues help in this regard is you really need a very simple setup in terms of uh, low traffic management yeah. costs and stuff. That's uh, the key to make those sort of financially viable for the organisers and for the participants. Okay, John, we're coming up races and there's a big announcement happening, John. Big <laughs> announcement. Oxman.co.nz. Oxman. Why Ox? Because we go past Oxford. Oh, okay. And it's kind of country themed. It's out in the middle of nowhere. So it's a new half Ironman that I've set up uh, December 15th. So Kiwis, if you're looking for a race, it's not going to be like your Ironman branded races with bloody change tents here, there and everywhere and welcome dinners and massive stuff. Just get out, get your winger out. It is. And the, the, you, you'll be getting finished medals and you know there'll be, there'll be enough there that you enjoy it. But the price tag on it is basically about half the price of a branded race. Uh, and so if you're looking for a race, mid-December, be a great build up for for either Ironman or for Challenge Wanaka, country racing, and it's going to be a sort of a like a lollipop bike ride where you bike out to a point, do three laps, and then uh, it's just got enough undulations there to make it interesting. And it's a half, isn't it? It is a half. Yep. There'll be a sprint as well, and there'll be a super sprint for, for juniors. And then the run is a mixture of running on a shingle road and regular road, uh, all pretty flat. So check it out, oxman.co.nz, all you Kiwis, and spread the word. Spread the word. Also, we've got the big race coming up. This is probably... Oh. Just also, this is the third most important race on the calendar. Yep. One other thing I was going to say about Ironman France that I didn't earlier on, uh, and I haven't done my research on this, I see that uh, Cam Worth was down in like sixth or seventh place or something like that. Yep. wonder if he was just doing it as a training day because his bike time was slower than everybody else's. So I'm thinking he was just in the neighborhood. He does, I think he stays in Girona, which is not too far away. Maybe he just went and did it as a uh, training day because he is down to race road this weekend, and I think he's probably a contender. Oh, Mecca won wrote three times in a row. I forget about that. And that's the thing. Um, Mecca, amazing athlete that he was. Uh, in Kona, you know, maybe he had two wins and a, yeah, maybe he won, he won a couple of podiums or yep. something like that. And so you're going, that's awesome. But his record outside of Kona oh. was amazing in terms of rote, Germany. He won Austra- I'm in Australia a bunch of times. So, you know, that, that's when, again, when you compare him to a Langer, you say Langer's probably more awesome in Kona. Just, um, but outside of Kona, Mecca was was amazing. So, well, shame I remember, I remember when I raced 2007, and he's winning the race, and he had it wrapped up. Like mm. I think he was obviously trying to go sub. Well, he already done a sub eight there, but and you're watching him in the marathon, and just his ability to hurt, mm. you know, because you've got that long canal run, mm-hmm. and I could see him coming up from way above, and you just look at his face. And again, he's, he, I can't remember how much he won by, but he was well ahead. It wasn't a race. Yeah. And and he's just in the pain zone, mate. Yeah. You know, it's like he was doing a 5K TT. Yeah. And he's doing a marathon. It was pretty impressive. He was a bloody tough athlete. So this year, but John, who have we got going? Well, one thing on the weather forecast, thankfully it's not looking like uh, Frankfurt temperatures. Let's just looking at the forecast now, 27 degrees forecast for Sunday. So fingers crossed that stays the same. That's still pretty toasty, but it's not uh, the 40 degrees. Shame that Ben Hoffman's uh, looks like he's pulled out. Cody Beals has pulled Do we out know as why? well. No, they've just got no. a big cross on their name under uh, try rating. Uh, Andy Buschera is seeded number one on Torsten's try ratings with a predicted time of uh, 7.51. Braden Curry and Bart Arnott's are there along with Andreas Giants, David McNamee, Cam Worth, Andy Potts and Jesper uh, Svensson who are the sort of top 10 seeds. So this could go anyway. I, 
My inkling is it's going to be uh, Braden Curry. Uh, Go Braden. He's, he's got some good form, and I saw a post that he's going there to win. He's not going there to make up the numbers, so I think he could be right in the mix. But Andy Busher has been going really well also, and Bart Arnott's, uh did he win last year, or was it the year before that he won? I think it was the year before. We Kingley won, won last year, and then Bart Arnott's was uh, was the year before. So he knows how to get the job done. And if he's anywhere remotely close uh, in terms of coming off the bike, uh, he could be in the money. But you kind of think that, ho- not hopefully, but you know, Braden Curry and Andy Boucher and some of the good swimmers may well distance Bart Arnott's. The year that he won, there was no domination in the swim because that was the year I was racing. Yeah. I was like, he came out of the swim with me, and I'm thinking, we're really not very far off the pace. So I was looked around the corner. I thought, bloody hell, there's not that many people that are that far in front of us. Uh, and so that's where he got lucky. Whereas this time, he's likely to be, you know, four to five minutes down out of the swim. Uh, and the other one that'll be interesting to see how he goes is David McNamee. We've seen what he can do in Kona oh, on the run, course, yeah. um, but he's really yet to prove himself uh, massively outside of Kona. It's interesting. We have that at the moment. At the moment, it's important, don't we? We have guys who are delivering Kona mm. and not doing a huge amount outside of Kona. Yeah, it's, it seems to be a common theme. Just Ben Hoffman here. I was just on his Twitter. He's got sometimes plan change. I'm bummed to announce that I won't be racing Challenge Route this year. A couple of setbacks have kept me from nailing the training I felt was necessary to do battle with such a class field in Germany. Best of luck to those competing. We've also got Ironman Austria, which is Marino van Holnacker's. Uh ground where he's just dominated the race he won 2006 Wait, did you do the gills sorry did you do the gills in route i did not god i'm a sexist pig oh, mate and, sorry. and i've closed the poor window Bel- now poor belinda again i've closed the window but <laughs> like i know I'll lucy charles is racing so, so we've got lucy charles geez the big field and the men's in the pro race there's 50 men and i would Arnold, say Arnold's what the hell is arnold sulikov listed under the pros for <laughs> geez arnold who do you know uh, Lucy Charles, we've got uh, Sarah Crowley, we've got Lisa Roberts, race. we've got um, Laura Siddell's not racing, she's out. Most because she's got a broken collarbone. Oh, that doesn't help. When did you do that? Maybe three or four weeks ago. Oh, bugger. Collarbone's a suck of an injury, isn't it? It is. Yeah. As long as it's fixed, it still takes a while to get going again. Yeah. Um, of note, uh, Kate Vibelavecro, that's just because I know her name. Uh, Lisa Roberts, do you know Lisa Roberts from America? A little bit, yep. Um, Good runner, isn't she? What's her run? What's her predicted run time? Uh, Two fifty-five. Two fifty-five. Yeah, that's smoking it. Fast. But no, you, you kind of you kind of expect as per last year, Lucy Charles would be, it would be a dojo domination, but it wasn't last year. No. Uh, so Sarah Crowley, if she's on fire, she it's could be in the mix. Um, Daniela's not racing. Not Daniela well, Reef. Daniela. Blame liar. Well, she she raced Germany at the weekend. DNF. She may do a sneaky late entry. You never know. Yes, she might. Mm. See if you can rake. And they always ask that question at races, and they do it at road every time. So will we see you back next year? And they're always like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's like, well, we'll just go see how pay me. Going. Yeah. Although it's interesting they didn't fight for her because, you know, that race was a stellar race for her it last was. year. Yeah. We've also got Ironman Austria this weekend. Ivan Tukinen is the top seed ahead of Yaroslav Kovacic and David Plisse in third, but he raced in... Uh, I'm pretty sure he was racing in Germany at the weekend. Ivan Rana and Matt Russell. Uh, Matt Russell was also racing at the weekend. He's been racing a lot lately. Um, but what is going to be interesting for me is you've got Daniela Reef racing on the female side, and she is predicted to win by 50 minutes. Wow. And I'm I'm putting it out there now. Top five. I reckon she's going top five overall. 
Uh, now her time she's predicted to only come in at 8.26 which on the Torsten's ratings would only have her coming in around about sort of 18th or 19th place but we know that there's a lot of pros there that have got stars next to their name which means they're registered for other races uh, in the next period or race last weekend so guys like Anthony Costas who raced last weekend Bas Dieteren, he did Germany so a lot of them won't be racing so that automatically lifts her up quite a bit and then you know quite a lot of these people are going to explode I reckon she's going to top five. Top five? I'm not... You, you have to go out there to say she's going to win it. That would How be, cool would that be? How cool... And, and now, really, a couple of the guys would have their bad races, but um, how cool would it be if Daniel Reef won the whole race? <laughs> it would be very cool. I can't see it happening, but no. I reckon she could go. she's going to go close to top she's five. She's a beast, man. She's just such an awesome athlete to watch. Her career, we're so lucky to have this time as a, as a lover of the sport, aren't we? Absolutely. To see just this rock star in her element, because she is just amazing. John, we've got John's ITU update. We had Montreal on the weekend. Another different winner. It is, and I love the stat, and I, and I, I was kind of thinking that there might be something like this. John Leveson from Try 247 he's great coming up with stats. Uh we had different male winner so of the five races this year that we've had so far we've had five different winners and 13 different athletes filling the 15 podium spots to date it makes the Olympics fascinating doesn't it it really does because you just had you get guys that are on streaks so we had uh, Frenchie um, Vincent Louis at the start of the year just on doing those Super Leagues just crushing it you're thinking this guy's going to be on fire Mm. and then mid-season he's there or thereabouts, and then you have Molo in the first race, and you just get these different guys coming on, uh, and it makes it interesting to watch. A because this weekend was a very interesting race in terms of why was it interesting? Well, the run it was it was just a, a battle of attrition uh, because Richard and that's the other thing about it is nobody's scared of anybody really. Like okay. people just come out of transition, they just whether they've got a name or they haven't got a name, they just it. go for it. So Richard Murray's just spanking it at the beginning. Some other dude I haven't heard of was up there spanking it as well. And they're just going for it. And it's fantastic. Um, makes it unpredictable. But how it sort of panned out in the end, If you give me, give me a minute if you don't want to know the result, uh, it came down to sort of a two to three way sprint in the final section. By this stage, it was absolutely hosing down with rain. Oh, okay. And uh, you have this guy, Yelly Greens, I think that's jelly, jelly. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it from Belgium. Like jelly. Uh, Geens, not Geens, Greens. And he won the sprint finish with Mario Mola. And really? it went back and forth. He he got a little bit in front and Mola came back. And this is like the proper 200 sprint, you yeah. know. He back and forth. And then you think Mola's coming back at him. And then he went at him again. And proper, proper sprint finish. Uh, and he took him. And this dude has never done anything. Really? <laughs> you know, when I say nothing, he's been on podiums yeah, here and there the but he's never been on a, a you w- would never pick him no he's never been on a WTS uh, podium uh, and I think he's only got a handful of top 10s and then to go win against a high 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 quality field is uh, unbelievable so good on him and wow. good to see Mola back on. This was a sprint distance race, not Olympic. And sprints uh, work better for Mola because you don't get so isolated in the swim. Uh, could also work very well for this guy, Yelly Greens, as well. Um, and then Tyler Mistletuck on his home race came in third place. So, yeah, it is just a bloody lottery out there on the men's side. The women's side, far less so. But it was a interest, very interesting females race as well because it came down to uh, a two-horse race on the run. It came down to a sprint finish. You're thinking, 
okay? Uh, you've got your better runner here and your gutsy, gutsy person here. The better runners probably should win it. Who was the better runner? Better runner is Georgia Taylor-Brown, who won the last round and has been, I think, probably the fastest runner so far this year. And, uh, and she lost out to Katie Zaveris. It wasn't quite a sprint finish. It came down to the last... About 15 seconds. Five, no, the last 500 metres. And Katie Zaveris... Took off. Does not look like a fast runner. Really? And she just is. <laughs> and uh, she beat her down. So she's won just about every race except bar one this year. So she's probably just about wrapped up the World Series. So Well, the other thing is, is Gomez, is while he didn't have a good race, he's like... He's like we're gonna, he's now third on the table. Well, and that's the thing. He was in. He was with the leaders. There was a pack of them, about seven or eight of them. And if he had held his position, he was running in. He was running in about right there. And, 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 then, and then he was sitting in sixth. And if he'd held that position, he would have. Uh, he would be top of the table. But he exploded a bit. But geez, he's he has been racing and racing and racing long course, short course. So it's about time he bloody cracked. Uh, but good on him for. And he's been travelling all over the world to do these races. So when, when did he start? Because he seems to be around forever. Uh, give me two seconds, Bevan. Tell us what you did at uh, the weekend, and I'll tell you. No, I'll tell you about the short course accuracy. Good old Julian Swartz has just sent through from Ironman. Is it Boulder? Um, Boulder. Boulder. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the swim was. Mm, he's gone in yards. Four thousand four hundred. I put the meters yards, next to it, which is four point one. So that's three hundred long. Bike was nearly two miles short, and then the run. Was oh we'll give that margin of error twenty six point two not twenty six point oh no it was twenty six point eight not twenty six point two so a little bit further so a little bit off there that's the end of Ironman Boulder they didn't get their distances yep. right see so you later. see you later Boulder see you later. right Ben when do you reckon he might have started I reckon I remember his name no no not not remembering his name when he started racing no but I mean remember hearing his name I'm gonna yeah. say two thousand and six. 2002, well, he did 2000, he did the Tisiverius uh, Youth European Championships. And then in 2002... When did, when did he go, go ITU? Like, uh, proper. We won the ITU Duathlon European Champs in 2002, juniors. Elite men, he did a European Cup race in 2002. When's his first ITU? So for 2003. He won the under-23 World Champs in 2003. When does... And this is back... I'd say 204. So it's been 15 <clears throat> years at ITU. 204, he got how many people? Eighth. How many people in the sport have been in it for that long and had that success and still successful? No one, oh, really. No, he's an outlier, isn't he? He is. Jesus, Machine. That's imp- you know, because like 15 years mm. and, and he's top. pretty much been at the top the whole time. You know, oh, yeah. You know? No, he hasn't really had any dips. Jeez, he's impressive. Coming up this weekend, we've got a few other non-branded races. You've got the Ultraman in France. You've got the Fries Man in the Netherlands. You've got the Laponia Triathlon in Sweden. You've got the Stone Brexia Man in Italy. You've got the Canada Extreme Man in Quebec. You've got Roach. You've got the Bastion in the UK. There is a lot of racing on. It is a big time of the year. Okay, Jonbo, we had a discussion of the week last week, and it was just based around travel. It was, what are your top travel tips for keeping fitness up when you're traveling on holiday and you don't have your triathlon equipment judith branch she's got a she even posted Look at a this. picture this is sensational she's got my mobile gym it goes everywhere with me fits in my suitcase hotel tent car uh she's got a strength and conditioning routine the foundation of everything else so she's just got a little box there with all uh like swim paddles with a, with a rolling ball bands trx which is a great thing when you're traveling yeah so there you go i love your work she's, look at that okay uh good old vicky bryson's got we took the trx on our camping trip last year got a few strange looks sitting up in the lake but it was good fun and effective TRX is great. 
There is. Uh, Volker the Vascular Viking Voigt. Uh, what do you mean with triathlon equipment? I don't think I ever ha- had the case where you can't take a pair of trainers or goggles with you due to space limitations. That's just excuses. And on my business trips, whenever possible, I travel with my bike as well. And my colleagues got used to it very quickly. That when traveling with me, I need to get a cab to myself to get the bike box in. Good old Penny Elliott's got running, sightseeing, fitness, uh, uh, so running, it's good for sightseeing, fitness, and at least amount of gear. Ben Cobra says bands and yoga, pilates and running, and strength and drills. Or Martin Sheik has got, uh, always pack my running shoes and swim gear, make sure that I stay in a hotel for gym, which is a big thing. And generally, the rest of them uh, all just take your running shoes. John Weir says running, yoga, maybe hit up a gym. Good old uh, Alistair Dennis. Good old Alistair Dennis. Dennis. Striding on. Yeah. Um, I heard of a travelling salesman taking his juggling balls with him. Apparently, there's good cardio effect. It keeps him warm, sharpens the coordination. Lastly, Jeff Roberts. Hit the gym, one-stop shop for everything. Jeff's over there doing rope this weekend from Christchurch. Oh, good luck, Jeff. I'll go with Clive Aspen. Uh, always hit the running kit. Just go for a run just about anywhere. John, you? Uh, I've just got a couple of tips of things that I generally do. Not necessarily... Uh, equipment um, but whenever I'm traveling somewhere I do a bit of research and always in terms of trying to actually rather than just go running I actually try to find some local cool runs and and, uh, I usually take my if it's going to be technical I will plot it on a a website like ride with GPS Uh, I know I'm not riding but and then I'll actually take my bike computer and run with that so then it gives me all my turn by turn instructions so I know where I'm going Uh, so I do some research same thing when I like when we went to um, when we were in Rote last year I went for a run uh, into Nuremberg and did the same thing I plotted out a course with my bike computer so I'd actually go do a sightseeing run and wouldn't have to be looking at maps Granted, I did get still managed to get a little <laughs> bit lost somehow and got a train back to the hotel, and it was a bit uh, bit more tricky than I thought. Uh, and then the other things that I do, uh, if I was travelling a lot more, uh, I would be paying a, just a, a touch extra if I could find a hotel with a gym to do some um, some treadmill running and just some some cross training. And then the other website that I use is called SwimmersGuide.com, and that basically has all the not all a big, big number of the swimming pools around the world. So if I wanted to go somewhere for a swim, you just click on that, you put the town that you're going to, and it will hopefully list all the swimming pools in that area so you know where you can go swim. Well, the thing is, if your hotel hasn't got it, because like, we're all say running, but some like some Asian cities, you're not going running. In- oh, I, when we went to Fiji um, last time, I went for a run, and I just about shat my pants in terms dogs? of dogs. Yeah, yeah. well, that was like that in Bali. Yeah. Yeah, just ran. And, and in Bali, the dogs look like they basically come from zombie land. Yeah. So, you know, like, yeah. you know, they're missing parts of their bloody fur, and, yeah. you know, and you kind of, we went for a run in Bali in Ubud. And it, we got up and we went early. It was dark and we kind of, Uber's not that big, so you kind of go off the streets and it's dark and we were like, let's get, get yeah. out of here. Yeah. You know, so you, running is the obvious answer, but it's not always easy enough to mm. do. One thing that I'll add is I always take um, bands. Mm-hmm. Um, but nowadays, you know, YouTube workouts, you know, like I admittedly I take the Les Mills grit workouts and mm-hmm. so John and I will often do a few grit workouts. But there's some really good workouts on YouTube. And mm-hmm. like I'll do some yoga, um, but just like some 30-minute hit types of workouts. You can put it on your laptop, you can put it on your pad or your phone. Mm-hmm. Even if your hotel hasn't got a room, like we didn't have a, uh, at um, Sanua, we didn't have a, well, none of the hotels we stayed at actually had a gym. But they had a tennis court, so we just went and put the video on a tennis court. And, you mm-hmm. know, and that, that's a good option outside of what we traditionally do. And it's also good just to do some other type of exercise. Now, now if you're in peak training for your Ironman race, mm-hmm. you, you know, you obviously want to keep swim, bike, run up. But, um, you know, off-season, to do some mm-hmm. yoga, to do just something else. 
you know, it's a really good chance to kind of challenge your body in a different way. So I would just say add on top of, look at YouTube, look at some 30-minute, 40-minute clips around yoga, um, hits type of training, because there's plenty of good ones on there, which you don't have to pay for. Mm-hmm. And uh, even just look up Les Bells. There you go. So that's this week. This week's discussion, John. So this is what I was talking about earlier on. So what are some of the best trade-offs you've made when you're racing when you might lose some time initially in the hope that you don't lose big time later on? So for example, I put in here that the guy coasters at the weekend where he wore an ice vest in the hope that this is a bit heavier, but if I don't detonate on the run and manage to stay cooler, uh, that might well be another thing. Just another example of um, what I recommend to a lot of people is actually Sometimes stopping on the bike ride and having a stretch, uh, can you thinking I'm going to lose two minutes here, but if that means I'm more comfortable for the rest of the ride, or uh, it can be or a big saver. Even taking seven eight minutes in transition. Yep. You know, yep. like you know, like so. What are the trade offs you've done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll that have worked. Time. Yeah. Okay. There we go. This this week's discussion. John's sponsor. Uh, lots of people have been asking about. I the, needed this the, last week, John. <laughs> this. And, I, this and we haven't week. got to sample it yet, but the feedback so far has been, pretty, been pretty positive. So the CB Deep Sleep, it's an organic hemp oil slash recovery sleep blend from uh, X Endurance, designed with today's fast-paced world in mind. We're getting less sleep, and the quality of our rest has decreased. Sleep is a critical component for many essential brain functions, including cognition, concentration, productivity, and performance. All of these can be negatively affected by sleep deprivation so in the, these little capsules they're peppermint flavored uh, and basically designed to try to help get you to sleep they've got uh, GABA in them they've got uh, tryptophan in it they've got 5-HTP and then some e- MCT oils all designed to try to get you to sleep a little bit better I had a, week, I had a night last week and no, I'm, I'm like you I'm a good sleeper mm. and I'm pretty much my strategy is once I go to bed phone's dead um, pick up my Kindle read Normally last five to ten minutes, maybe mm-hmm. on a long night, maybe twenty minutes. Put my Kindle down, bang, I'm gone. Or last, what was it? Last Wednesday, mm-hmm. I, uh, I, it was like I ended up turning on my phone watching the cricket because <laughs> I, I basically put down my book at nine twenty. Yeah, eleven thirty, I still wasn't asleep, and I was like, well, I'm not going to sleep. My, and I stayed up basically till three in the morning watching mm-hmm. cricket. I got two nice. hours sleep because I got to get up at five. Yeah. You know, I tell you what, I was, I was literally thinking, <laughs> I need some of those sleep tablets. Was it, uh, it wasn't New Zealand-Australia game? No, that was Saturday. I stayed up at 2.30 watching yeah. that one. God. No, but the problem with that game was, I stayed up at 2.30, we were killing it. So yeah. we, they were 95 for five. I was like, we got this. I must have a bit of a sleep. <laughs> I woke up at maybe five and looked again. We're losing the game. Crushed by you uh, goddamn Australians. Australians. Australians and cricket. They're going to smoke everybody. Uh, so, so the question I have, and maybe we need to ask about this, is because I'm a good sleeper. It's not, a, you know, so I wouldn't necessarily need to use this every night. Mm-hmm. But on those nights when you might be struggling, when, you know, it's just not going to happen, Maybe we should ask these guys we're going to. if that's a good solution just you know, to chuck it on on the occasional night where I was last week. Mm-hmm. Whereas I didn't actually want to pick up the phone because I knew picking up the phone would make me stay awake. But I just mm. after two and a half hours, I'm like, well, I'm getting bored here. Yeah. So maybe... <laughs> Joe wasn't interested. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I give her a tap. She was... <laughs> <laughs> So check it out, CB Deep Sleep from xendurance.com and go on there and get yourself sorted. If you are buying a whole bunch of extreme endurance products off the website, make sure you do join up to their team. It's going to end up saving you 25%. Uh, You do pay to join up, but then you get all those uh, kickbacks and it will end up saving you money. So check it out, xendurance.com. Just just lastly, one other thing to think about was when I did Epic Camp, I didn't sleep. 
because mm. I was so stressed. Not stressed about the next day. Oh, you my, were you were stressed about? Oh, mate, I was stressed about, about Mike John. Montgomery going to take you down. Yeah, Mike Montgomery, let's not even go there. <laughs> um, but my, my stress was my body was just so fatigued I couldn't sleep. Like yeah. I wasn't worried. It wasn't that mm. I was like. It was just like I, on Epic, Epic Camp. I was getting like three or four hours of sleep a night. Mm. And when you think what you're putting your body under, now you keep going. It was fine, mm. but in those deep times in life where you're kind oh, of yeah. not sleeping just because you're so fatigued, this is all you know. For people who think about doing big training weekends or big blocks where you're going to do like an Epic Camp, mm-hmm. it's probably a good idea to chuck some of these in as well because sleep is key at those times. It is indeed. Yeah. Hit okay. me with some music, Bevan. Okay, here's some music. Age group of the week. This one came through from Mark Richardson Jones, and he's just got here qualified for Ironman Kona. This is for Jeff Crosby. He qualified for Ironman Kona despite himself and 30 others being sent off course and doing an extra 10 mile, basically an extra 10 mile on the bike, I think it was. Uh, one of the options was to quit and go home, but that isn't really, wait, your name just popped up there. Uh, that isn't really in my makeup is what he said. So that's a, that's a basically what happened was he went uh, off course at a Y intersection, which was not well marshaled, to an extra 10 miles. Still rode bloody 529, which that, is insane. That's insane to the membrane. So this is another reason why they got rid of Ironman Boulder. They can't bloody marshal the course. <laughs> but in seriousness, so Jeff's in the 50 to 59 age group. Uh, looks like he might have just aged up. He's got here uh, 56. He swam at 114.11, rode 529.39, and then ran 4.03 for a 10.56. And he finished second in the age group. Managed to score himself a Kona slot, despite going off course and doing an extra 10 miles. And that is, personifies having an amazing mental attitude in terms of... Because how long is 10 miles? 16 Ks. That's, um, at that speed, probably about half an hour or so. Yeah. Uh, there, there or thereabouts. And it does, it does come down to mental because so many people that happens and it's a good excuse to give up. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just and you can kind of go, it's justifiable. But and not Jeff. He's like, no, nah, I'm I'm in this game. And one of the things I don't, I don't even think we mentioned this earlier on. Patrick Langer, the reason why he he bombed out, one of the reasons oh, why he right. bombed out in Frankfurt was a flat tire. Yep. Um, but at that stage, he was out of the game already. He was about six or seven minutes down. Um, but if you get a flat and you're gonna, look, and he took an eternity to bloody uh, <laughs> fix it. One uh, and. It just, it's so hard to get yourself in the game, back in the yeah. game. Uh, you, some people get that anger going, um, but that only lasts so long. And yeah, so good on uh, Jeff Crosby here. The, the other reason Mark emailed this in when he was happy, he's just, you know, his sort of um, part of the email he sent in was just the different people that he's met in, yeah, in racing yeah. and uh, all sorts of different likes, you know, investment bankers talking to bloody caretakers and just doesn't really matter what your profession is or where you're from in different countries. Yeah. He just loves the fact. Now, Mark does go off and do about five gazillion races all over the world. Um, but yeah, just loves all the different people that he meets and the uh, the friendships. brought to his life, eh? Mm. Yeah, and, and connecting with people maybe outside of our circle that we normally would. Uh, so, Jeff Crosby, you are our age, age group of the week. week. John, Coach's Corner. And I tried to, I tried, guys, we're going long already. I was trying to get rid of it. But here we go. <laughs> this is a one, two, three, four, oh, high five. five. Oh, such enthusiasm, Bevan. <laughs> exactly. This is just five quick random tips for Kona stuff that I haven't already told you guys. 
because there was a couple of things we did on Kona this year that I want to give it a little bit of love to. Firstly, is number one is the manta rays. Now, some people have got. I, I always suggest going and looking at the manta rays. You went last year, didn't you? We went and looked from a, from a hotel, but oh, this time we actually trip. went out and swam with the manta rays. Oh, and, did you? Oh, it was bloody interesting. But a few tips around this. I, I went for the uh, the cheapest provider we could find. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't surprise me. Mr. iPhone, Mr. iPhone 6. Mr. Sausage, even better. He found a promo code that gave us a discount on the cheapest provider, <laughs> which was even better. But the one thing was, they went out at 4.15 in the afternoon. They said, be at the, the, the pier, not the pier, at the um, the port area at 4.15. All the other play- ones were going out about sort of closer to 6. <laughs> we're thinking, we're diving with the dart. What the hell are we going at 4.15? Anyway, this guy claimed that one of the reasons he did that, he wanted to get the best spot really so you sit on the boat for two hours far out did you what <laughs> okay. so firstly you sit on the boat for bloody ages isn't, and, and this is where they should I should have given some feedback they didn't really have much you're literally just sitting there chat you know you want to get in the water and the other thing is Ollie was thinking we've got wetsuits we don't need wetsuits you get in the water it's really warm you need wetsuits okay. it gets bloody cold now so we get in the water and when it starts to get dark you're lying there, no shit. It was we were lying there, just stationary. So you're just kind of like you're holding on to this sort of circular type thing, which is keeping you up. And then they put a noodle under your legs to keep oh, your okay. yep. your legs afloat. You're just lying there. We lay there for would have been close on an hour, oh, just really? sitting, staring at. Well, there was a were shitload of fish. Was, you're getting bored and you're getting really cold. And then and then it appears. No, then you get one manta ray that just swam underneath, and you're thinking, shit. Really? That's it. So, so how I, big are they? Well, this manta ray was it was a small one. I was thinking, that's it. Game oh, over, yeah, Rover. Three, two hours in the boat. That's what we've done, come for. <laughs> and then about 10 minutes later, uh, it kicked off. And holy shit, if you've got the patience to do this, it is amazing. These things are big. And when you see the pictures of them swimming up right next to your face, that's what they actually really? do. If you get a good night. Now, I think you can get shit nights where you don't see any. Um, so you do want to book a, a book where you've got the opportunity to maybe go back again. Because I think some of them, if you don't see any, they'll give you the opportunity to come oh, really? back. Okay. But they come and they circle under you and they go right in front of your face. It gives you the heebie-jeebies. It's amazing. Highly recommend it. The tips we had were best to go from the harbour which is where we went not down by the Sheridan you get a better opportunity I think you just get more chance of seeing them so we parked directly off uh, where the airport was and if you have got a kick ass mask and snorkel take one of yours rather than using theirs number two tip we went to this new, um, not new, there was a, a different place I haven't been to a restaurant called TK Noodle House so you didn't go to the, the place we always go to was that the the beer the brewery? Oh, we went there as well. But okay. this was pre-camp place called TK Noodle House. Uh, it's just sort of next to a car park, just a tiny. It's like a, a Thai supermarket with a little bit of a, a restauranty type thing attached to it. Massive meals, reasonably well priced, huge big salad things. So if you want healthy, cheap, nice food, Thai sort of stuff, TK Noodle House. I think I mentioned Aloha Air. This is number three from last week. Did I talk about that? The bike that? box. The bike box. Yep. So if you're Kiwis and Aussies and you've got to go through Honolulu, you can send it over and they'll hold on to it. Price is about the same. Uh, number four, the volcano now is pretty much all open. Uh, not all open. The, the run we go down into the crater, which is amazing. And when you go down, can you see into the volcano? No, you're running into an old extinct volcano. Oh, okay. So it's a massive big crater. It's wicked. Uh, you can't do a circular run now, a loop. You can just, but you can still run down and across. It's wicked. Highly recommend going to a volcano. Okay. And then finally, number five, found some new beaches this year. So again, coming back to doing some research before you travel somewhere, try to do the research on 
some different little beaches. There's loads of them that dot along the coastline around Waikoloa, uh, just sort of locals' beaches, and there's some good ones there. But if you do want to get all this stuff, come on the camp next year and you'll experience it. Oh, there's a little promo, John. Mm. Look at that. Uh, John, if they want to go to the camp, where do they go? Epicamp.com, okay. and it's going to be next May. Now, last week we did Wanger of the Week. Wanger of the Week. Last week we did Wanger of the Week, and Paul Tuck. You pulled up Paul Tuck and it was the disappointing wing of the week. Was that? And he actually emailed us. This is PT, long-time <laughs> listener of the show and patron, the swindler, just writing to apologise for killing your winger of the week this week with my sparse Strava profile. I was actually It was actually a week which accumulated in Ironman Island, which, despite the weather, was an amazing race. Do you know what? We got a lot of feedback about that race. And considering how poor the weather was... I think there's going to be a race like Wales, like Rote. There's going to be one on the calendar that people are going to talk about a lot moving forward. Apparently, uh, the weather was great the day before and the day after. Oh, that's just the worst, one isn't it? Shizer day. It's a fantastic venue, great course. At least I'm sure it would have been in nice conditions. An amazing community. My greatest accomplishment uh, to it would be that I think it's pretty much on par with Ironman Wales. See, my favourite race, and that's what um, who always says that. Um, a Canadian friend. Oh, Lucy Gossage says it's awesome. No. Um, came on oh, James camp. Thomas. James, yeah, James Thomas. Um, my favourite race. I'm sure it will get better as years to come. I'm already entered for next year. See if you can check out the videos of Windmill Hill, which is the main feature of the bike course. Ross Solar Hill is nothing on it, in my opinion. A couple of highlights. About 10 minutes on the first lap of the run, I was overtaken by Brownlee and got to see him oh, go that'd down be the red carpet and take a win. <laughs> that would be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Just uh, four hours to go after that for himself. Uh, finishing validated my legacy slot for Kona this year, so I'll be ship- uh, slipping it through the back door and hopefully have a lovely day. Funny thing uh, was having emailed a number of my finished times to Kona, they wanted additional proof that I'd finished. Mm, that's interesting. So anyway, that's Paul Tuck, PT. Nice work, Paul. Was, so he was our wing of the week last week. Remember last week, week you looked it up and he had nothing. Oh, right. Remember? And it was like, well, yeah. that was a waste of time. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't yeah. remember now. Yep. What's your number this week, Bevan? One to 100. I'm going to go 93. 93. Number 93. It's Bevan James. Oh, this is... Did I make it? <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh. James Thomas. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> You're not that memorable to him, James, but at least you're going to be the wanger of the week. The 12 hours and 50 minutes. Red Rocket. Red Rocket, James yeah. Thomas. One hour, 24 swimming. Nine hours on the bike. Two hours, 25. He's a confused man, James. He's a Welshman living in, in Canada. Doesn't know where he's from. Lives in Vancouver. Um, I'm not sure if he's going off to do... EA Sports. He works for EA Sports. Yeah, Sports. So that's like the gaming sort of ones. It's a, in the game. He's had a pretty consistent run of training lately. Um, there's, there's a little graph there is good lovely uh, guy lovely guy character and I think he might he's going, doing a bit of uh, Watopia riding there on Zwift plenty of recovery Watopia riding oh well, Zwift it's a, it's a course in Zwift oh okay uh, and James is comparing him up against me uh, the, the rides averaging the last five weeks we're even on that five and five He's doing more riding distance than me, yeah. 227Ks uh, per week compared to my 170, and he's also doing more riding than me, 8 hours 54 compared to 614. His total distance last year was also more than me. Oh, he did, oh, so far this year, he's done 5,338 kilometres. Uh, just in general, James, you're just kicking my ass. I've got a bigger ride than you, though. Yeah, he's got a bigger ride than you. <laughs> <laughs> and a bigger Jim, climb. you're a big ride. <laughs> yeah. 
There we go. Nice work, James Thomas. Wanger of the week. How's your big road going, John? Um, <laughs> questions and answers. Now, we've got an email through here from... My computer's just taking a second there. Uh, wait a second. We've got an email here from... Roy, Roy Spicer. Roy Spicer. And he's just got here that there's a group of athletes... No, there was a guy. I've, I've looked into this. There was a guy who was trying to do... 60 Ironmans 60 in 60 Ironmans in 60 on days. On the same course. In Ireland to raise awareness for, for mental health conditions. Now, as it turned out, this was, this was I think we got this email... A while ago. A while ago. Um, so I checked it out, and the guy, um, Gur Prendergast, uh, now he did, you know, and he, it looks like he might have made eight, which is still noteworthy to do eight Ironmans in eight oh, days. Oh, John, it's a bit off 60. It's a bit off 60, but in his defence... He looked like he had absolute shizer weather uh, to, to deal with, and and it just looks like it was. It, what he has got here, he's got a little to, to make sure it's verified. Uh, there's a picture of him running, and it looks like he's got a, a timing mat down there. So maybe he's an event director, or he knows somebody's oh, so an event director. Oh. And so it looks like he was doing multi laps and having it officially timed. You know, every, every time to try to keep it nice and legit. He was wearing a race number as well while he's out there. Wow. Uh, but what, was, what number did he give himself? Number two. Didn't give himself number one because he's two. doing it for other people. <laughs> yeah, uh, so good on him for for giving a you know putting it out there, making a pretty ambitious goal, and doing eight Ironmans by yourself. He looked like he did it pretty much all by himself. Was uh, it's still an awesome effort. Okay, this was a funny one. Florian, how can I say Haggle? Yeah, go with that. Yep. Got, okay, this needs to be said. After listening to you guys for hours and hours and seeing your pictures on the page, and this was on Facebook. I have assigned John's voice to Bevan's and vice versa. For some reason, this messes with my head. I need to go now go watch a video of the two of you talking to relearn the mental association. So he thought that you were right yep. and I was you. So just remember, I'm the pretty one. Yep. Bevan's the hairy one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got any hairs on my body. <laughs> just got my pubes. <laughs> Didn't tell him that my pubes, did you? Uh, this one just here from... How say that name, John? Uh, Marjorie, I think we. I think her nickname was uh, Big Miss or something like that. Uh, Marjorie Zekant. So just saying, uh, you may have heard to Ark. To Ark. Um, last week's Dutch woman. Say that one, John. Yeah, Colmina Iklaboom. Yep, said the woman's record. Run from uh, Marble Ark to London to Dover, swim the channel, and then oh. bike from the Ark to... Uh, to the Ark to Triumph in Paris. Wow, that's a massive effort, isn't it? Yeah. That's that's crazy crap. It is. Imagine swimming the swimming the channel, then you got a bike to leave Paris. Yeah, the bike to Paris wouldn't be too bad at all. Um, but the run from London to Dover, I don't know how far that is, but that's a, probably a fair old distance. The swim is, is what's a killer. You, that swim is, is not easy. You've got to, A, it costs a lot of money to do it. And for those that have never sort of read up too much on it, the tides are just critical. You know, if you don't swim fast enough and get to one point, you may as well just stop and just wait for like bloody five hours and not even move because you ain't you ain't getting there. And yeah. then you've got to wait for the tide to change. So quite a technical swim and distance. Like obviously it's tidal base, but like the fastest people would do around. I'd be absolutely guessing. It's not that far a distance. It's just in terms of point to point, it's just the way you've got to swim it. So, And I don't know what the, the record is. The other thing um, she's also got in here, the other thing is not triathlon, but a swim event. Martin Vander, well, you're just trying to take the piss with us um, with these, <laughs> na- these names. <laughs> He's an Olympic gold medalist yeah. in 10K open water in Beijing after surviving brain cancer. Swam the, oh, <laughs> this is just silliness, uh, Elfstedont. 
that famous course when it's very cold in winter with the waters waves are frozen after skating a race between 11 cities in the northern part of the ne- Netherlands. Okay, There's John. just too many words here I can't pronounce. I'm sorry. Okay, John, here we go. Predict what you reckon the fastest is. I think it's going to be nutso. I reckon... How far is it, do you reckon? I don't know. I'm going to say nine hours. No. Six hours, 57 minutes and 50 seconds. 2007. What's the average time? Probably like 20 hours? Uh, Probably doesn't really say. No, the slowest time. Mm -hmm. Predict the slowest time. 37 hours. No, 28, 44. Right. Jeez, that's a long time in the water, isn't it? So you've got to think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Wow, nice work. It never appealed to you, did it? I remember that guy, Kieran, who stayed with me for a while, he did it. Mm. And he said to me, I got, I got, I, 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 he was Irish. Uh, here's my Irish, 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 is that Irish? Close enough. Uh, oh, I swam the channel. Yeah, is that the story? <laughs> 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 yeah, that's it. <laughs> and he goes, I didn't swim for three years after. Yeah. <laughs> he just said it really put him off swimming afterwards. You know, it was just such an effort. And he said, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a downer because you kind of, you, you basically have to put your foot down and get it back in the water, don't you? Mm. Yeah. yeah, you're not allowed to stick around. Yeah, so he basically, he said it was a bit of a, a letdown get doing it, mm. um, but he did do it. But yeah, he said he basically didn't swim for like another three years after the fact. <laughs> okay, John, that's all the questions and answers. So we're going to put some epic camp interviews up with Adam, Annette and Bob. So just a little profile on these guys. Adam's from uh, from the UK, as you'll hear with his uh, accent, and he came into the camp a bit underdone, to be fair. Ooh. A bit underdone. You can't uh, go underdone, John. Also did our did our road camp last Love year. Love you, man. Love uh, Annette Lee, she's uh, another one, a bit like James Thomas, a bit confused about where she's from. She's from Great Britain, lived in New Zealand, now living in Australia, um, but she's come back from having a broken collarbone, which was bloody last year. Nasty, well, not a nasty incident, one of those ones where just kind of fall off your bike and you break it. Yeah. I think a cat ran out in front of her. And then uh, also got Barb in there. But Barb Nelson, what's Barb's? She's not the Red Rocket. I thought it was some sort of rocket was her nickname as well. But we interviewed her a few years ago on uh, Menopause and Woman, I think it was. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, okay, yeah, I do remember that. Um, yep. And what I want to stress is we've got a few more interviews coming up over the next few weeks. We have a really diverse range of athletes that come on the camp, ranging from we had a number on the podium and then we had a, num, a number that are at the, the back of the pack. So with the Kona camp, we can't cater for everybody. Yeah. So, but more importantly, John, who's the guest interviewer? Alan Lee, the professional he is, but I, I, I was just playing them this morning to make sure the sound quality was, was there, and she said, oh, is that Alan? And I said, yep. She goes, yeah, he's got a bit of a radio voice, hasn't he? Well, because he, he comes from radio, doesn't he? I know, he? but yeah. Mr. BBC, so yeah. uh, he does a good job. So just some short little interviews, trying to give you some insight into how they, what they experienced over in Kona in terms of the course and the race. Here we go. Here is Alan and the crew. Okay. Alan Philby, what state were you in when you arrived for the camp? <laughs> yeah, not the best state. Uh, <laughs> so I think it was, uh, your yeah, fitness wasn't where it should have been coming into the camp. Because certainly not a camp, you can you need to you need to be in some reasonable shape. And also sort of 24 hours of getting here, flying in from the UK. It was uh, about 17 hours of flying with a, a few hours of, of layover. So I, I think the uh, the first day's activities were, were pretty stressful on the body. Because those, those first days were, were very tough, weren't they? The, on reflection, the first day was pretty easy compared to what was to come. Uh, <laughs> I think it was only like 40, 50k of bike riding, just a small matter of a 4k sea swim. Um, but then, yeah, that was sort of a bit of a warm-up for the, for the 190k up to, uh, to Harvey and back. Uh, 
the following day, yeah, which <laughs> didn't help. <laughs> so what was your impression of the, the ride up to Harvey? Because it, it's legendary, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think you sort of see it on TV um, and you, you have this impression of Hawaii and I've been here, been fortunate to be here on holiday a couple of times for what I call a relaxing holiday. <laughs> so you, you have this sort of vision of this sort of paradise island, um, but, but that road, the, the Queen K Highway, I mean, that dishes out some real pain. Um, it is brutal. I mean, you know, the the climb itself, um, not that difficult, uh, but there was a lot of, you know, crosswinds, which John described as three out of 10. So I'd hate to see, see that on a, on a five out of 10 or even a, a 10 out of 10 day because I was getting, you know, I was having to hold on to the bike, uh, both, you know, going up and, and going down, especially going down. And then trying to get back to, uh, to Kailua, you know, that sort of last 50K was an absolute battle. You know, it's almost cycling from, uh, you know, road junction to road junction or, you know, just trying to get to the next tree. It was it was pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. And then very shortly after that, a, a different a, again, a hill, but a completely different ride up to Volcano. Yeah, this <laughs> this the camp that keeps on giving. Um, so, yeah, that was a pretty pretty scenic route. Um, but we had everything. I mean, we had boiling hot conditions. We started out a bit earlier, so we had a couple of hours. It was very nice conditions. Uh, the sun came out, so you were getting hammered by the heat. And then, yeah, it started raining um, as we got a bit higher. And then you had headwinds uh, with rain. They were descending in the rain, uh, which was pretty scary. And then. Uh, a very long and slow climb up to uh, up to volcano. I was lucky that uh, you know Diane uh, pulled me up pretty much that that whole climb. She took pity on me and uh, <laughs> she she uh, she helped me get to the top. I was I probably you probably would have found me uh, you know parked up somewhere <laughs> by by a rock somewhere, which there's no shortage of. So uh, yeah, I was pretty fortunate that she helped me out there. So with all that work, did that help in terms of the race? I think so. Um, certainly, from an, you know the first day, or maybe can't remember which day, I tried to run over here and, and couldn't. You know, it's just head exploded with the heat. So I think come race day, you know, certainly the you know doing that that sort of initial high volume the first few days certainly helped with a quick adjustment. You know, jet lag was pretty much out the window. I didn't have time to to worry about jet lag. Um, but certainly, yeah, to get used to the heat, it definitely helped. Um, yeah, and I thought, you know, I I, I did. Um, the camp at rope before which was you know very different in terms of that's preparation for a race this is more of a a training week with a with a race thrown in but even then you know i was quite surprised that i could handle you know my race went pretty much to plan uh the run was tougher than i thought but even with that high volume at the start of the week yeah body seemed to go it did put me in good you know much better position i was at the start of the week so yeah Everyone says the, the run was the hardest bit because of the that the weird grass the spongy grass the, the humidity the heat yeah, that was surprising as well. Um, you see this nice green grass, and you think, oh, that's going to be nice to run across. And um, for some reason, it's hotter than running across the, the sort of concrete, which I haven't quite worked out why that is. Um, but it's, yeah, it's very humid running across that. Across the grass, there's not a lot of breeze out there. Um, I'm not a golfer, not a big fan of golf, so it was a good use for a golf course. As a <laughs> that's the only decent use I've seen for that land, to run across it. Um, but I'm sure many golfers won't agree with that at all. Um, but... Yeah, it was an interesting course. I mean, you know, there was a there's an out and back section of about a kilometre each way um, up and down a road, which is pretty tough. Luckily, there's an A station at each end. The A stations are very good. Uh, luckily, with ice and everything you need. Um, but other than that, yeah, the course is constantly meandering in a, in and around the golf course. So it, it's pretty interesting from that point of view. Even though it's two laps, it's 
still quite an interesting course so that does just help distract rather than trying to run I mean we did a 12k run along I call it a run uh, you saw me on that one Alan um, so to try and do a 12k run along the uh, along the Queen K which was mainly uh, about a 6k run walk and then a 6k walk <laughs> crawl back to uh, back to town so yeah no it was it was a is interesting course but yeah definitely more challenging than it sounds yeah. yeah so so what's your your takeaway message from this oh yeah i think what was the what's the saying for the camp there's no easy way is that one of the uh one of the on the t-shirts yeah there's no easy way um no i think i this is the second camp i've done um and you know both of them have been i've learned a lot i think this one was really about more about survival and how to manage myself in these conditions um in terms of the uh you know the heat and um you know it's not that far i mean a half's not not really that far you know 21k runs not not significant but you know being able to kind of manage my heart rate and you know i learned a lot about how to look after myself in those conditions um but again i think you know from a camp point of view you know like the previous one i've been on it's, it's been excellent you know the organization the venues you know the training the coaching but also the people that you know with there's a lot of people i've met before some new faces you know it's a really good crowd of people that support you through the week and you know you learn not just from john but there's some other really good age group athletes in the group you know that all on the podium a lot of podium places yesterday at the race and you can learn a lot from them so it really is invaluable in terms of yeah building your, your career as a as an age group athlete or, tr or trying to so great adam thank you thanks Annette Lee, you came on this camp last year, but you'd had an accident and ended up in support crew rather than as an athlete. So this year, what was it like? Much better <laughs> for everybody all round. I am not support crew material. I have very little patience. <laughs> uh, look, I, when you have an accident, and mine wasn't a, a really bad one, um, it makes you reevaluate why you're in the sport and what you love about it. And whilst last year was good, you know, and I got to sort of stand on the sidelines, it's not what I wanted to do. And so once I started to get better, uh, renewed my love of the sport. And so even though yesterday was a slow race, I had lots of goals and conquered lots of demons over the last week. So it's a win, win, win. This was your, really, your, your, first, um, your first event after the accident, which was more than a year ago. Was that... Was that an issue for you? Yeah, because you know what you've done in previous years, but you also know that, and it's almost two years since I raced in a triathlon, and you know what you could do. You are different now, even though it was, it was not a major accident. I lost all confidence on the bike, everything. You know, I couldn't even go down the road at home because I was constantly gripping the handlebars and even last Saturday when we started the camp uh, we rode out to Captain Cook's Bay and I was a bag of nerves I just said just leave me leave me I'll, I'll get there and when I got there you know I was like done that and so even in what a week I've conquered that you know I rode fearlessly yesterday not fast but fearlessly my swimming funnily enough because I broke my collarbone and I had a lot of issues with frozen shoulder is much better than it used to be but I think that's because I concentrated on getting that strength and flexibility back and I knew I wasn't going to be able to run because I've got piriformis issues so again that was another battle because you you know what you can do and you know you can't do it I couldn't do it yesterday so having to speed walk and watch other people go past and you know you could normally beat them that was a battle but it's a different kind of battle so 
all in all, a different experience here. Those first few days are pretty hard. They're always hard. Um, they pick hills that are just... I mean, that first hill is just hideous. I wanted to vomit. I was going up the hill going, please, God, give me air. Please, God, give me air. But I think it just um, it makes you realise that your body can do a lot more than you think it can. You tend to, well, I do, tend to sort of go for comfort. I'm getting to the age where I want comfy slipper type thing. But when John organises these camps, he knows what he's putting in there. And some people might say, oh, that's stupid to do that. But it just gives you that edge. It just nudges you and you, and you go, I could possibly do it. I could actually. And, and you do. And you do. I mean, as you get older, you become more sensible and you pick and choose your battles. But it, it's good to be taken out of your comfort zone, definitely. You are one of the older athletes on the camp. <laughs> He said tactfully. <laughs> uh, uh, does, does that make it different for you compared to some of the younger ones? I, I guess it does in a way because my enjoyment of the sport is now much more, you know, coming up for 59. I'm not like a lot of my friends who are 59. And so I'm eternally grateful that I can do what I do. And there are some 59-year-olds who are phenomenal athletes. I'm, I would never be a phenomenal athlete. But yesterday, I was quite emotional a couple of times. I just thought, oh, my goodness, I'm nearly 59, and look what I'm doing. And so for me, that's a huge joy. But I also like watching the younger ones. I like watching them kill themselves and, and hurt. But it, that's part of the journey of being in the triathlon family and that you you may start young you may join in midlife you may be in there when you're older and it's that longevity that i think is pretty special in this sport so how was your race swim was great loved every minute of it i was really pleased with it the bike um i actually was lost my watch on the um, ride it was a bit dodgy when i started anyway it fell off and i just thought oh well i'm not meant to know how fast or slow i'm riding so i didn't didn't bother and the run was hot and slow, but yeah, I finished, and that's all that matters. And I chicked a load of blokes, which is always good, even at 59. <laughs> Thank you. So, Barbara Nelson, you came with your sister, so is there a rivalship, rivalry between the two of you? We are in different age groups. <laughs> we are a bit competitive, but we are in different age groups. <laughs> Very diplomatically answered. <laughs> so how, how have you found the camp as a whole? Well, I came from Idaho, so acclimatizing to the heat was a little more difficult for me. But the camp was great. The logistics, the ride from one side of the island to the other, the changing of the condos went very smoothly. It was nice to have transportation on race morning. It was nice to have people pick us up at the airport. It was just great. What about some of the some of the days? I mean, there, there was that that ride to Captain Cook, which was which was pretty tough, and then up to Volcano and to Harvey. Those were all really long, hard rides. They were long, hard rides, but we had the option of cutting them back if we didn't fill up to the volume. And I definitely cut back some of the volume on a couple of the days. So, I I, I think I needed to do that to execute a good race on Saturday. So you you had a plan when you came in. Yes, but I was going to try to do as much as I could. I didn't know I would feel quite so terrible in the heat. 
part of so, the sorry. part of part of the problem is is I have a very high sweat rate and I was having a hard time keeping up with the volume of the liquids and I there just weren't quite enough aid stations I should have brought money and stopped at gas stations probably so you left a little bit of you of yourself behind on the road <laughs> the roads here are excellent and very very smooth but I did find the one pothole <laughs> took a took a dive off my bike but nothing's broken so just a little flesh wound so let's move on to the, the, the race itself. So race morning, how did you feel after having a, a week of acclimatizing here? Race morning, I felt pretty good, but a little bit anxious about the heat. I had a nutrition and liquid plan that I planned to execute. So um, everything went to plan. The wind was a little brisk out towards Javi. So the bike was was about what I expected. I've done, I did the Kona course in 2014. Also... John asked us to do race predictions, so I went super conservative, and I beat all three of them because I felt good and I hit my nutrition on the day. I was able to run the half marathon in mile paces faster than I was able to run any other mile here on camp just because I was feeling terrible in the early days. So it helped to be here that many days to get acclimatized. A lot of people said they found that the, the running on the grass, it's very spongy, it's, it's very humid. They found that very difficult. That was a little bit of a difficult run course because there was kind of undulating hills. And then that little strip that they call Hell's Kitchen. If Hell had a kitchen, that would be it. It was pretty hot. But running up out of Hell's Kitchen, there was a bit of a headwind which cooled. I just took ice at every aid station and stuffed it down my race top. And the cold sponges were great and just poured water over my head and sloshed in my shoes. But it really helped. So positive experience overall. It was a great race. I enjoyed it. I'm coming back in October for the big one. So got a little work to do. <laughs> <laughs> great. Thank you very much. Okay, John, if you want to go to Epic Camp, what is it? EpicCamp.com. Okay, John, let's go to the pages. We've got a, we've got a new one here today, but let's, we've got three new ones. We have. We've got to put our thinking hats on. Oh, yeah? Okay, here or we, do we want to Do, do we want to do one, all three or do we want to do maybe just one or two? Do, do, do. Two. Two. Okay, we've got Tim Josephs, who's not new, but I couldn't remember his nickname from last week. I was right that I did remember it was the Iceman, but he also had the one to rule them all. Yes, that's a good one. Now, we've got Kylie Cox, and Kylie Cox Oh, is, we could go anywhere with this, Bevan. Oh, she's a local... Okay, so what do we know about Kylie? Kylie is a, a triathlete, has been in the game for a long time, pretty successful, gone to world champs. Going to 70.3 world champs. Yep, so, and good athlete, tough bugger. Um, she coaches for me. Yep. Good. good coaches good. our junior program as well. Oh, great. And she's top physiotherapist. Mama two. Mama two. Lives down the bottom of the hill down there. Yep. Beautiful house. Wasn't there when I needed her a few weeks ago. Did I tell uh, you? weren't here actually. Okay, tell me about I was uh, going out from, it was my first ride back yep. after Tacona. I was going to go, I'm going to go do some hill reps. Pulled out the old road bike and uh, got halfway up Hackthorn Road, which and my chain snapped in half. Oh no! I didn't have any tools, and this is the one time I didn't have my bloody phone with me. Uh, I think, ah, oh, bugger it, that's all right. I'll roll down the hill and go to Kylie's place yep. and uh, and borrow a bike and bike home. She's not there. She's not good to me. Oh, and you had to run what at least yeah. a k with your bike? It was more than that. Bloody hell, it was probably closer to two. That oh, I just, you poor was, thing. Anyhow, no, you know, with bike shoes and stuff on, no, no help at all. And um, the other thing is, have you got you've What's your kryptonite food? You know, if I put something over there oh, and Coke you go Zero. Coke Zero, you ain't sharing that with anybody. I do struggle when you go to a party and you take your own Coke Zero, and then mm. people use your Coke Zero to put yeah. them in the alcohol. F- for me, it's a salt running of potato chips. Yeah, you, you put are, them in front of me. You're a sucker. I'll give the token area. You can take one or two, but don't come back for seconds. Yeah, yep. it's not happening. I now know Kylie's kryptonite. Oh, what is and it? So if you get in the bad books with Kylie, yep. uh, just take her a roast chicken. Oh, really? <laughs> 
Maybe call her the chick. Because well, it works with oh, does it work Cox? It does work with Cox. You know, like she, a, she did a request she did request not to have anything related to the chicken in terms of where Mr. Sausage came up with a number of different names because she didn't want to waste any of that chicken. And um there was a number We've got of, to go down the chicken line then, don't we? Oh, we should do. Yeah. Can't say the red rooster because it's already been done. Yeah. The chicken. Um so we'll just call the hot chick. The hot chick. Yeah. Because she's a hot, a hot athlete. Okay. You know what I mean? Like she's fast. Mm-hmm. Kylie, the hot chick Cox. Come on. Hot chick Cox, Kylie. You can overrule that. No, I'll, you can't. I'll, I'll allow no, it. You can't. It's not allowed. It's not allowed. <laughs> okay, we've also got Darren. HC. Or you go HC. What do you mean? Hot chick, HC. Oh, yeah, I like hot chick. Yeah. And it's not, it's not sexist pig stuff. Mm-hmm. Hot means fast. Yep. Chicken for chick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got Darren Ochin. I'm going to say, uh, attached to the photo of me climbing Matthew Flinders' dive in Port Macquarie last year. Dive or drive? Oh, drive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm from Sydney. I trained with my, oh, Peter Clifford. Oh, Peter Clifford's a great coach. Yeah. Great coach. He has a really big crew over there called HPT, High Performance Triathlon, I think it is. Um, group out of Sutherland. I uh, love racing the long course stuff. And I'll be lining up for my fourth Ironman at Lake Placid, New York. Is it New York? Yep. In July, so good luck in coming up really soon. New York State, so it's not New York. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, there's a nice picture there of Darren climbing up the Matthew Flinders Drive. So that's uh, it's quite a steep drive, and he's got this massive big lean on his bike. He's oh, really cranking it to get up there machine. quite nicely. The lean machine. Yes. There you go. Yes. The lean machine. The lean. People used to call me the lean when I was, when I was swimming, because I never really swam with triathletes. I always swam surf try, which is basically old guys who are overweight who were good swimmers <laughs> in the past. And they used to either call me the racing sardine or yep. the lean machine. Nice. You know, I like that. I have to admit I did like that. So Darren, you are the lean machine. If you want to become a patron and get a cool nickname like that, but also support the boys and also go on a draw to win a, kip, a trip to Kona next year for the Ironman World Championships, uh, you go to www.imtalk.me. You'll see there's a, clip, a, a link to the Patreon page. Go through the process and support us and what we're doing. Thank you to all the people, not just the people we've named today, but all the people who are already our patrons. It really makes a big difference on us in this show. John sponsors Extreme Endurance. Your lactic buffer gain. If you want to be a patron, you know what you're doing. If you want coaching, go to coachjohnnewson.com. If you want to check out my podcast, I did a podcast on phone habits yesterday, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I've made some big changes to my phone habits and it's kind of changed my life. Mm-hmm. So if you want to check that out, you go to bevanjamesoz.com. Um, age groupers of the week websites of the week other feedback you can email imtalkpodcast at gmail.com John your goss what's my goss I, I'm not pleased with myself today Bevan um, I've turned up here <clears throat> there's a look you don't I don't like seeing in cyclists it's when your bike jersey sleeve's not long enough oh. and then you get a separation between your arm and, you and your jersey you get a funny tan line too you get a funny tan line and you look like a dick so not happy about my look today Bevan um, so that's that's number one thing what else is happening this week? Bloody birthday this week. Click over another year. Don't Wait age second, up. 43. 43 on Saturday. Do you go to the doctor every two years? No, don't tell me to do that again. I don't. Um, I'm going I'm going there two weeks, John. Yeah. Because I'm turning 42. And you'll be requesting that finger out the bottom no, yet again. You don't need the finger yeah, out the bottom. Yeah, but you still request it though, no, don't I, you? I asked for a fist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That finger not good for me. <laughs> I'm not feeling it. <laughs> Oh, dear. No. <laughs> you do a blood test. Yeah, I yeah. know. Blood test. <laughs> You're getting a blood test after the first. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. So, wait, what are you doing for your birthday? Uh, well, it's the final of the rugby that night. 
Oh, we have a dilemma. We do, and I'm not a big rugby man these days. I haven't watched. I watched half a game last week. Haven't watched any that of the season. That was a good game of rugby, but wasn't it? Yeah. So uh, we were going to go out for dinner on Saturday, but now I'll probably go out Sunday and watch the rugby on well, Saturday. We have a dilemma because our friend Gemma and Mitch, lovely couple, every year they do. It's not midwinter Christmas, but they kind of. It's a degustation. Mm-hmm. So there's twelve couples. I gave our guinea pigs a degustation for breakfast this morning. What do you mean? I gave them carrots. I gave them uh, celery. Wait a back it up. Back it up. Who's meant to be feeding those pets? Oh, no, I was. I'm, I'm bit, we're a bit attached to our pets now. Carrots, celery, and cucumber. Well, well so we're going to this degustation, and we went last year. It was an awesome night because, you know, you pay for a degustation, but it's quite cool because every couple puts it together, and it worked really well. It's the night of the rugby, John. Ah, oh, dilemma. I know. And you can't really ask them to put the rugby on, can you? Not really. And the problem is, I get Sky from my father-in-law, mm-hmm. so I can't record Sky. Mm-hmm. So I can't even record it, come home and watch it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just go to the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> for like yeah. Bevan, what's going on there? Oh, it's not feeling oh, that good. Oh, number two's yeah. Yeah, first dish wasn't working yeah. for me. <laughs> Who did that first dish, you bastard? But the we- problem is, you're going to have 10 other guys in the toilet with you. No, no, I can't let that happen. It's got to start bad rumours. Um, so what do you want for your birthday? Did you get a gift? Uh, I've suggested a few things. I need a new wallet. Oh. That's what I needed. I need some new socks. Uh, do you like, I do notice you are wearing icebreaker socks, so you're pretty picky when it comes to your socks. Uh, moderate, moderately. Yeah, mm-hmm. moderately. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on? I went to the theatre on the Friday oh, night. It's a uh, culture here. What did yeah, you go see? Yeah, oh, it was... It was a Frenchy name, and I can't remember. It was something Highly like dangerous. Recommend. Well, it was uh, it was quite long, and it was good, but it was quite empty. Uh, oh, really? And it was it was a proper play play, you know. Not wasn't wasn't a musical or anything yep. like that. It was it was good cultured stuff. Good, yep. We went to we went to a kids show last week. Nice, my, quite my, a contrast. <laughs> <laughs> go to theatre, you go to a kids show. <laughs> well, no, my, my my best mate, one of my best mates, Jeff, he um he's over in. Solomon's I think or somewhere like that mm-hmm. as a cop for a year and so his daughter was doing a performance so we just went along to support but the thing was his daughter we, we you know we've been a big part of her life we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're kind of called Uncle Bev and Joe so we're kind of a big part of this family's life and she started singing oh my god she can sing like a like a proper singer nice and I was like how come I don't know this yeah you know and I, like they come around here all the time and I play the piano and I they, mm-hmm. you know how come how come I don't know this Jeez. Do you, do you, have, you got, have you got seasons past in the theatre? We have. How yeah. much does that cost you? Uh, it's, it's reasonably priced. We, we, we investigate on the pricing. Yeah, how much? Uh, I think average is probably about 50 bucks a ticket. Whereas if you actually go to the big ones, they're more than that. So average, out, it's, it's good. And how many shows do you get? Six a year? Six. Six out of ten or something like that. Yeah, it's good. I, like that. I might do that next year. Yeah. Other than that, Bevan, birthday, what else is going on? Bloody school holidays again, man. Our kids are on holiday the whole bloody time. They don't uh, do anything at school. Easy life, haven't they? Yeah, it's ridiculous. They don't even feed the pets. No. Oh, the other thing was, we went for a bike ride on Saturday. I, I probably should have thought when I was biking along from my, the bottom of my hill to the bottom of your hill, it was going to do a big hilly ride. When I was getting an ice cream headache between there and there, oh, it's probably going to be a chilly ride. And then I was well prepared, but going down the other side, started fishtailing around a corner, thought it's time to turn around and choose an alternate route today. Wow. So that was a bit dangerous. It was cold on Saturday morning with the runners. Freezing. Freezing, Louising. John, Even what's happening for you? Well, I've been consumed by sport, and it hasn't been an easy weekend for sport for us Kiwis. Oh, it's not. No, because... Well, the, the Canterbury team won, and yes. we were at a party. I had a mate hit his 40th, and we had one guy from Wellington, and he packed us sad. <laughs> he, now, admittedly, there was, a, there was a play at the end of the game, which, you know, probably could have been a penalty. Yep. 
Definitely wasn't, was unfair on Wellington. Didn't guarantee the win, but this guy packed it. He packed it. Think of, <laughs> think of like a five-year-old kid packing his hair. <laughs> this guy packed his hair for the rest yeah. of the night, just all Why? night. Yeah. Why didn't you get an extra two tries in the first half or something, you know? Well, well you know the get thing 80 is, minutes. when someone picks it, like, you, just, you just want to wind them up, don't you? <laughs> That's such an easy target, so you just drop a few Canterbury comments along the way. But the, I, was, I watched the Warriors. Oh, oh, I don't even bother with them well, anymore. Well, we had the game in the bag in the last play. They got a, oh, just John, that was hard work. And then first half of the Cricket World Cup, mm-hmm. doing great. Yep. Steady decline. Not a steady decline, a steep decline. Is it tonight we're playing England? Wednesday. Oh, John, I think I might be doing all nighter. <laughs> <laughs> so it still looks like we'll get there, but it's tough work. Just stick with us, you American listeners in the cricket. Oh, well, it. if you're a betting man, who are you betting on? India or Australia? Australia, all the way. Oh, you don't think India will beat them? No. Nah. And you beat them in the, in the round robin? Yeah, I think Aussies got it. Mitchell that Stark. Left hand bowlers, they just crush it. Mitchell Stark. Jeez, I do love cricket. Good. Do you like cricket? I do. I'd love to be able to watch more of it, but I prioritise my time elsewhere these days, mm. unfortunately. Yeah, when the kids go, you'll get back to cricket. That's right. Yeah, okay. okay, John, let's wrap it up. Oh, Tour de France starts this weekend. It's going to be good times. Oh, so you can do Look, that. <laughs> looking forward to that. I can sit in front and watch 10 hours of cycling, but 10 hours of cricket, not so much. How much How much will you watch of this Tour de France? Um, an hour, a good hour a day at least. So a wrap-up show, or would you actually watch the race? Uh, probably the last hour, and if it's a flat stage, just a wrap-up show. Okay. Uh, and there's no, no clear favourite, so it should be good racing. Oh, why not? Because Froome's out. Why's so, he out? Uh, fell off his bike and smashed himself up. Mm. That's all we get out. Okay, I'm going to try to get some interviews sort of for the next few weeks. It's going to be good times. Okay, let's do it. Iron Russ. I'm in it. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.